welcome back to Enlighten Up for episode 78, The Relationship Body, Gene Cutters, and an Ancestral Release Meditation with Eric Rains. We're so happy to have Eric rejoin the show again. He always brings his high consciousness energy to the show and he has a great way of explaining complex ideas and esoteric ideas and bringing them and grounding them into the roots of reality here in 3D Earth. We've got a lot to talk about on this episode. We're going to talk about energy healing versus physical healing and how we sometimes wage war on the body through our healing and What is it about cancer and this idea of physically healing versus energetic healing? Eric's going to take us through that. And he's also going to introduce us to what gene cutters are. Who are they? What do they do? And how is this related to ancestral clearing? He's going to take us through an ancestral release meditation halfway through the show. And then we're going to jump into the relationship body. What is that? Eric has been really passionate about discussing this and why it's so important to have your awareness of this actual relationship body and how it can do tremendous tremendous healing for you and your partner or really any relationship that you have, whether it's friends and family. And we're going to talk about the stinky cheese effect. And that relates to what you put out, you receive. What is the stinky cheese effect? Well, we're going to find out all about that. So let's jump into the show and find out what Eric has to share with us. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Enlighten Up. I'm here with Lisa and Brian, and we are back with Eric Rains. If you missed Eric's first episode with us, uh, he basically had a very dark night of the soul culminating in 2012, which had intense energetic activations in 2013. He became aware of implantation and parasitic construct by direct observation. His subsequent search for answers about this experience led him on a journey to self-discovery. And this discovery, coupled with more and more real-world practice, has allowed him to gain a deep understanding of how this invasive system works, how to identify the interference and constructs, how to promote self-protection through daily practices, and most importantly, how to remove these false constructs from himself as well as others. Eric, welcome back to the show. We're so happy to have you back. Well, thank you for having me on again. I really enjoy working with you guys. Yeah, Brian's really happy because you he has a bromance going with you. I wouldn't call it a bromance. Come <laughs> on. All, I, all I said the other day, and I don't know which order these are going to air, if, if Bora's going to air before this one, but uh, if she does, all I said was he was one of my favorite guests. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> Yeah. So for our audience, uh, we actually tried to record this uh, earlier in the week, but we had some technical difficulties. There seemed to be some interference going on. And uh, any any insight into that, Eric? Because I think we were having a pretty interesting conversation when that all started to happen. Um, so there's some things that when you start expanding your consciousness to include different levels of frequency inside of your body that uh, you can really start disrupting like the Wi-Fi signals and the EMF radiation that's uh, coming from the, the electronics, and it throws off uh, pretty much everything. It's kind of like being a walking EMP pulse, except that things work and things don't, but it's not anything that ever makes sense. And uh, I've actually been dealing with this like even worse over the past uh, year or so. And I've been having to go through a whole bunch of computers because they just they, they stop working on me. And uh, I'm pretty sure that my next computer is coming pretty soon because that one, it just, it's, it's been getting steadily worse and worse and worse. And, uh, it's not like I'm, you know, on any traffic except for, um, websites that, you know, similar to along with, uh, enlighten up and, 
you know, YouTube and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's not really that much traffic that I'm doing on the internet for it to slow it down that much, but it is really getting to the point to where I'm noticing not just with my electronics, but whenever I have to interact with uh, electronics in the world around me. Like I can't go through a self checkout at a grocery store or anything like that. Um, cause it just doesn't work. You know, I'll end up there for 20 minutes. I wonder if this is, if this is, you know, related to the, the conversation we had a couple weeks ago about sliders. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> yeah. And not white castle sliders. No, no. Depending not, on where you're from. Yeah. 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 I actually, I mentioned that to you, Eric, on our, um, webinar the other night that, um, streetlight interference, people who we had a, we had um, a listener write into us about how her sister ha- has the same um, experiences like with you with electronics and things like that going haywire. And it's an actual term called sliders. The SLI stands for streetlight interference. So people, uh, they, they don't have computers that last long with them or electronics always malfunction. They, sometimes some of them can't wear watches and things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at right now, and it's just getting worse the better I get at what I do. So <laughs> you know, it's one of those things you gotta just kind of laugh about it and find a workaround, and keep going forward. Yeah, I know. Have well, you tried grounding yourself, like with a copper uh, bracelet or a copper wire that just drags along the ground behind you? I have not. That's probably a good idea. I should totally try that. Um, I, I, I do energetic grounding, but physical grounding, you know, it's mind, body, spirit. Might as well try that too. I, I remember when I when I was in high school and we were, you know, doing early computer geek stuff where you would, you know, you'd always taken the computer part because you could upgrade it. Things were happening so quickly you would, you know, upgrade things. Mm-hmm. And there was this little elastic strap that I wore that had a wire to it and I connected it to the frame of the computer so I could safely, you know, touch the electronic components because I would always stay grounded. Uh, that's not a bad idea. Um, I've got some electrostatic discharge boots that I used to have to wear when I worked at a printing company and the toluene in ink, it's incredibly flammable. And so like, uh, if you have a static charge from your clothes or something like that, and you accidentally touch one of the metal components and create a little tiny spark, it'll actually set the whole entire place up. And I just now thinking about that, I should probably put those on and see if that makes a difference. I'm, I'm, I'd be curious if it, if it does, I mean, theoretically it should. Yeah, theoretically. But then again, I'm also using energies that, you know, you can't really uh, detect yet. We can detect the electromagnetic radiation. We can detect the biofield electricity, but we can't really, you know, quantify what is the essence of a soul. We can't, you know, like how strong is this soul? How bright is this soul? How clean is it? You know, we can't get to those points yet, but I know that they have physical ramifications as we start to upgrade these levels and hit different levels of resonance that we can access and explore it does different things inside the body. The bioelectric field, the way the uh, nervous system interacts inside of the, the blood and the, um, the, uh, the lymphatic systems, as it flows through the body, it starts to create conscious movement in there. And enough of this conscious movement and this energetic resonance that goes into a place that holds resonance, like an energy center, uh, it starts to build on itself. And once it builds on itself long enough, it actually upgrades and activates into the next level of resonance. And this is Uh, One of the things that I've been doing for a while is just finding that next resonance that I don't understand and exploring it until I can actually use that resonance and start cleaning people out on that level as well. And it has a uh, blowback with what I do inside of my body. It starts shifting the way that I digest. It starts uh, shifting the way 
that uh, my body operates. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are happening uh, that I really don't even know where this is going to end up. I just know for, um, you know, for a fact that it feels good and I'm enjoying what I'm doing and, you know, we'll see where it ends up. I'm kind of excited. I, I want to remember there were several historical studies, and I mean 1800s, uh, of of the soul trying trying to understand the weight of the soul, the if if there was an electrical discharge at the time of death. I I, I think they I think some sort of scientist wanted to get into that to, to actually quantify this thing and you know is is this thing matter or does it have mass um so i've heard studies that where they weigh people before and after death within minutes uh that there's like a three gram difference it's like uh roughly around three grams and so um i don't know for sure honestly if it has a mass, but I know that it has a presence. And when we start looking at things along the lines of like neutrinos, um, a neutrino is something that uh, is the exact opposite of a physical particle. And so we have something that um, is a completely different type of a field of energy, and it has the same properties as you know the atomic structure for our physical mass, but it's almost like it's hollow. It's like a, a, an echo of it. And I think this is what, you know, like when people see ghosts or poltergeists or something like that, I think this is the type of matter that they're seeing. It's not technically physical, but then again, it's an echo of a resonance, feeling, thought, and space and time that replays itself over and over again. Um, so I know for a fact that those have uh, similarities to mass, but it's not really matter. And I think that the soul is similar to that because when I feel myself lighting up when I activate myself and start really tuning into these energies and start compounding them until they start to shine outside the body. There is physical movement. There is physical sensation that happens inside, but I'm still not a hundred percent sure that it's not just me activating magnetic resonance through the blood flow and creating uh, rippling effects or tingling sensations underneath the skin or if it's the actual movement of the vital life force, the soul itself. And, you know, that's like a really, really hard distinction to, to differentiate because we can't look inside of the body on a physical and spiritual level at the same time and differentiate the two because blood is synonymous with chi and chi is synonymous with blood. And so it's really hard to even see where that differentiation comes. And if there is even a differentiation, I mean, it might all be the same thing when we get down to basics anyway. That, is, <laughs> like, wow, that was I know that was like such good information. I was like in almost in like a trance of, of absorption. <laughs> yeah, and it's really funny because I don't know these things until people ask me. What I do is I just cast out for the field of information that the language of light speaks, that my body speaks. And so when I feel these sensations, when I feel this information and these energies, Pretty much what I do is I immerse myself inside of it, and then I just talk about what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things. You don't really have to have uh, a line of understanding. You definitely need to understand your reality. You need to, you know, research and explore and understand science and the way that physics work and the way that your body interacts inside of it. But when we start going into things like that, if you have enough of a base of understanding how the 3D reality works, it's as above, so below. If something has a metallic type of a 
uh, a feeling in the physical world, it's usually metal. It's usually heavy. And it's the same thing in the energy world. So if you wanted to get rid of metal, what would you do? You'd heat it up to the point that it melts and then you can flush it away. You know, it's the same on the energy world. And as we step into expanding our field of energy inside the body and using that to detect instead of using our sight, our taste, our hearing, our touch, our smell, what ends up happening is uh, an unfurling of awareness of what we are not understanding, what we're not fully recognizing for what it is. And so we can feel these things, we recognize these things, but there's never true understanding. It's like there's something going on. There's, there's a movement, there's something happening. I don't know what it is. But when we start to heighten our soul inside the body to the point that we can use it as a detection type of a field, that is when we can then take our soul and not need to know what it is. We can stretch outside of the body and say, hey, I have an understanding of physics inside of my reality around me, but what is this? And that's when things start to decode. That's when things start to uh, reveal themselves because you're not trying to put your preconceived notions on top of it. You're revealing it for what it is. And it might even be something brand new you've never experienced before, and yet you can still understand it. And it's, you know, it's all about just being better than you were the last breath. You, okay, you said something very interesting. I just want to circle back to it. Uh, you said, you know, like if something, um, you were talking about the metals and how do you how do you dissolve it? You heat it up, so you liquefy it and and flush it out of the body. So you know, I understand that we've got m- many people have metals in their blood, and, and and there are metal detoxes and how to flush the metals, heavy metals, out of the the system. Are you suggesting that energetically? I mean, obviously it, it makes sense to me, but I just want to clarify that you could energetically pick up where the metals are in the body and start heating them up to flush them out of the body without doing like a major deep blood detox? So I'm talking actually about the property of the energy, meaning that it's very heavy, it's stuck, and it's not moving. Um, If we look in the traditional Chinese uh, medicine, we have wood energies. That means that they're expanding and they're opening. We have water energies, meaning it's like liquid and flowing. We have earth energies, meaning that it's very solid and stable, but at the same time, it's powerful with the shifting. And then we have metal. You know, it's all about recognizing the property of the energy and then working inside of what you can feel to shift it. Um, As for metals, the only one that I've actually really, truly tuned into is mercury. Mercury has a very distinctive resonance inside of the body that uh, once you tune into that, you can actually go into the atomic structure and it's not easy and it takes a lot of energy and a lot of time and a lot of focus because it is physical work, but you can actually start transforming the mercury into something that's more bioavailable like gold or uh, calcium or you know something along those lines. And um, when you do that, it starts to release the, uh, the quarantine inside the body because Say, for instance, you have a toxin inside of the body that it can't get processed, it won't get, uh, you know, it's so blocked up that it can't flush through a lymph node, it can't flush through a liver, a spleen, or anything like that, and it's just stuck. What ends up happening is the muscles around it quarantine it. They splint to the point to where everything's so tight that there's no flow through the area, and then it holds on to that toxicity. And this is what happens more often than not with uh, mercury in the body. And I find it actually the gravity pulls it down into the legs. So it's usually in the forelegs, the knees, the meniscus, inside of the knee, uh, and the feet that I find this resonance more than anything. And I actually had a client earlier today who um, 
I tuned into this. So it's kind of funny that you were talking about that. But what I ended up doing was I was tuning into that resonance and feeling the molecular structure by taking my awareness down to the molecular level and then just starting to tune into the resonance of gold. I, I grabbed a, a, a ring over uh, here that it's in my fiance's um, uh, jewelry box and I held mm -hmm. on to the gold and felt that resonance and then I started to shift it. And as that happened, I could feel almost like a vacuum that the bones were pulling calcium into. It was like this mercury was not allowing the calcium to uh, replenish. And so that's when it shifted into uh, the calcium frequency. And uh, she immediately felt uh, blood flow rushing down through her legs, opening up the interosseous membrane between the tibia and the fibia. And then she got blood flow and lymphatic flow all through her feet. And she had chronic uh, cold feet, cold hands. She was always shivering, always cold, always had to bundle up. And she actually got warm blood into her feet because of that. So there are ways to shift the resonance and get it to the point to where you have much cleaner flow in the body and it's much easier to detox. Um, most people, when they go after a physical detox, they don't recognize that the emotional energies and the stagnant chi that's connected into the physical blockage itself. And so they're doing the work on the body level. And just like we have energy workers who do phenomenal work on the mind and the spirit levels, they can't get the body to fix itself. And so you'll have a session with one of these types of people and just absolutely groundbreaking mental work, groundbreaking emotional breakthroughs, and yet you'll still have pain in your body. You know, so like this is kind of the melding of all of that and putting it in together into the place to where we can feel the body for what it is. And then when we work with people outside, we can see things from the outside. And that all of a sudden gives us the understanding to then loop it back internally for us. And so the more you work with people outside the body, uh, the more you understand in a different perspective from an outside perspective. And then you can turn that into an internal one. So it's a process of figuring out how to clean things out inside of you so that you can see it in other people, clean it out there, and all of a sudden, bam, epiphany to get to the next level inside yourself. You hmm. see, this is why I like Eric, because he can shit gold bricks. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally can harvest gold from the body. That is great. So it's not like I'm actually turning things into gold. There's a, a molecular shift. We can move inside of the resonance and it's almost like instead of um because i'm not changing the actual chemical molecular the, the molecular structure it's almost like there is a resonance that is holding that molecular structure in that very specific shape and it's like i'm changing the frequency that all of a sudden it morphs the the molecular resonance into something different and so honestly i don't know for a fact if this is detoxing the mercury i do know for a fact that she feels way better because of it, and she's got better flow through the body. And all problems that are related to disease, chronic injury, or uh, you know any type of pain in the body, it's all related to blockage, whether that's on the mind, the body, or the spirit level. So you know, I don't know for a fact if I'm turning it into gold, but it feels nice. <laughs> she you, enjoyed it. So do you have do you have to with somebody like that that woman? Do you have to keep doing it? Or uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely something that needs to be revisited. Uh, but at the same time, she's also got to work on the body levels too. Um, so she hasn't really exercised very much in the past five or six years. She had an injury that really kind of slowed her down. And that's what she's been trying to work uh, against and try to really fight inside the body back into health. And it was just, you know, when you wage war inside the body, when you feel these pains and these sensations and these emotions and you start fighting against them, you, you magnify them, you make them worse. And so this is where most people try to come into their healing. You know, I'm going to fight this cancer. I'm going to fight this disease, whatever it is. 
And the thing is that the reason it's there is indicative of blockage. Now, you have to find the core reason of that. And more often than not, it's an emotional stagnancy. It's something that happened when you were younger that you're still internalizing, or it's the other completely different level. You've got a whole entire history of people behind you that led up to the point where you are through the genealogy who have unprocessed emotions, um, you know, bad habits, traumas, things that turned into the thoughts, feelings, emotions, and everything that you feel right now in this point in time. And so when you start looking at it from that perspective, you can clean it out from multiple levels. And when you get to the point to where, you know, it's like, I've been doing all this forgiveness work, I've been doing all of this integration work, and I still just, I feel like crap. That's when you can step back and recognize you've cleaned out what you've created. It's time for you to now have access to the DNA in the entire genealogy and release that as well. So you're and talking, that's when you're really stepping up. You're talking about like bloodline stuff now. Yeah, through the DNA. Yeah. Do, do, okay. do you have to be physically present with somebody to do that kind of kind of work? Mm -mm. No, I had a client in the UK, uh, the East Coast, and I believe Washington today. I, 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 do you want to be a guinea pig? No, no. My my mother was just diagnosed with breast cancer today, and I would love to uh, get some energy help for her. Yeah, definitely. There's actually quite a bit of stuff that we can do about this. Um, now, one of the main reasons that we end up having cancer is specifically because there is a code that starts to erupt inside of our DNA structure. And so um, when the cellular structure, when the telomere gets to the end and things start to break down and it's not recreating uh, a complete perfect copy, this is what we call the aging process. And sometimes as we're unlocking these, there are cells inside the body, very specific cells, breast cells, uh, liver cells, you know, wherever it might be that they hit this code and it's almost like this resonance around them. There's poor nutrition, there's poor movement inside the body, and there's emotional stagnancy that starts to drag down. And once it hits that perfect resonance, these cells go into overload and that's the metastasis. That's when it starts to grow. Um, and there's so many things that you can do energetically, but hands down, this is a body issue. Body, 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 mind, spirit. You have to get the body clean. You have to get the body moving and open and flowing. And the energy work is very, very powerful once you get the body cleansed and starting to move. But there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. And, you know, there's so many amazing resources for uh, cancer treatments just with the diet. Like the Gerson therapy is hands down one of the most powerful types of diets you could ever go on for uh, cancers. Uh, the, the guy cured cancer back in the 20s and they outlawed him and they kicked him out of the country. And so they have clinics that are in other parts of the world um, and they're very, very high success rates. And it's nothing more than just changing the food into medicine. You know, you turn your medicine into your food. Um, that being said, you start coupling this with movement, whether that be Tai Chi, Qigong, yoga, whatever that might be with the energy work, that is when you start finding the core reasons for this and transmuting it. Because that's the thing. We need to recognize how these systems set up and turned into what it is right now and feel how crappy it is. Recognize we don't like it and then break the cycle. And that's literally what we're doing. Um, a friend of mine, actually, I was just talking to her earlier today. Uh, she was telling me that there's a very specific term for it. Lisa Renee came up with this term. It's called gene cutters. Um, gene cutters are the consciousnesses that are connected into very high levels of light who come into the incarnational process knowing that they're going to lose a lot of that connection, but be able to have that base understanding of that language of light, that body language of something more underneath, and then be able to start 
cutting through the programs of everything that they're feeling back into the light sensations again. And what this does is it takes these sociological engineering programs, these political programs, these environmental programs that are traumatizing from the outside, and then all the DNA programs that are passed down from father to son, father to daughter, daughter, mother to daughter, mother to son, all the way out through the generations. And so this is where we start finding these buildups of habits, of thought cycles that have never been truly spoken in the words, but the body language is felt. We observe them, we feel them, we take them on as truth. And that's how the sins of the father become the sins of the son. And these gene cutters, what we do is we come in and we recognize how awful it is. We don't like it. And then we start to fix it. And as we fix it, we're literally rewriting the trauma that started all the way back in time. Since when, and when we look at a quantum reality, there is no past, there is no future. There's only now. So it's all happening in quantitative different slots of uh, being, I guess you could say, all at the same time. And so we're literally healing people in the past by being the anchor in the future. And so when we start looking at this on a quantum level again, we see that the future state dictates what the past is. We know this through the double slit experiment and the delayed double slit experiment on uh, quantum physics levels. And as the future state dictates the past state, we are literally creating a magnetic pull towards that activation that we're all heading to. And that's the beauty of this. We are reaching into the farthest reaches of the darkest past, and we're finding not the story, because the story, we can't access that, but we can access the symptoms of the trauma that have been passed down, and we can recognize those symptoms inside of ourselves and then transmute them into light and say, you don't belong here anymore, and rewrite it for the entire DNA uh, lineage. Wow. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's, it's, it's so, it's so, you know, it's, I just love the synchronicity of how everything just kind of comes around with, you know, the, um, the, the unfortunate news that Brian got today and how, like, also, you know, I'm also currently doing healing on bloodline and collective work and it's new to me. And because I've kind of done most of my healing, but now I have these symptoms coming up for bloodline stuff and just kind of listening to you speak about it for, for one like you just you you put in a huge energetic shot of hope <laughs> you know <laughs> you know into it um but also just really understanding uh how it all works it's it's really wild it because it, if this is something that's kind of come across i guess all three of our um plates in the last couple of weeks because even lisa's like it's so weird it's it's because lisa and brian are going through you guys have been going through like weird energetic symptoms as well haven't you i call them energetic i don't think brian would but just pains <laughs> yes <laughs> just like that like, um Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, I know, like, Lisa just feels completely exhausted and drained and lightheaded. And Brian, you just, like, haven't been feeling yourself. Like, I'm bulletproof. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just getting old. My back aches a little bit here and there. You're not getting old. I am not? No. But no, that birthday I, that I just had that told me I was getting a little older. Yeah. No, that, meant, that meant you leveled up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So you guys want a quick meditation to start releasing some of that ancestral stuff? Yeah, that would be awesome. Okay, so go ahead and just really start sinking into a deep breathing pattern here. Let's get like six or seven deep breaths into the body, really relaxing the tummy. As we exhale, just feel everything relaxing and letting go. Almost like you're feeling tension starting to drain out of the musculature. Consciously lifting up the shoulders with the breath. Exhaling and relaxing. One of the easiest ways to start tapping into the ancestral stuff that gets passed down is as you're sitting here, begin inhaling into the body, turning on the light, feeling a brilliant golden sunlight flow opening up inside. And feel your father standing behind you to the right and your mother standing behind you to the left. As you do this, start tuning into the places that you feel deficient inside your parents, where they were lacking, where they had trauma, where they didn't have understanding. And feel how it affected you. See when you were growing up how you can look at their behavior now from the outside, but you unconsciously took it in as you were growing up. And you either, A, embodied it, or B, completely rebelled and created the opposite resonance. Start feeling the places inside of your body that respond to this. It might feel like a little bit of tension, a little bit of pressure, maybe a flutter, a tingle. But turn your attention into these places inside. Begin following the breath from the nose, through the face, through the throat, down into the chest, and keep it moving down into wherever that might be. Or if it's on that pathway through there, stop it wherever it might be at. And slowly start to inhale blood flow and energy into the area. Gently put a smile on the face and inhale through the filter of this smile, pulling that resonance of joy, of laughter, right into the area. Almost like you're trying to absorb water into a dried up, stuck sponge. On the exhale, start releasing the tension in the area, feeling how it becomes liquid and heavy. And tune into the gravity of the earth below you and feel that gravity pulling down on that heaviness. Start sliding it out the body. As you do this, feel how the parents are responding behind you. You might feel one getting darker, one getting lighter. There's always a response. There's always a shift. And as you inhale into the light, feel the brightness behind you getting brighter, starting to dissolve the thoughts, the emotions, the images that program your behavior that were passed down through these genes. This is your DNA. And it's a field. Start feeling yourself inhaling the light into the body, feeling the light around you getting brighter, feeling your parents light up like the sun. And notice 
their parents are behind them. And their parents are behind them. Open up the awareness into this massive crowd of people that have all culminated down to this one point of view. Tune into all of the th traits, all of the thought processes, the dark fantasies, the feelings inside that don't feel good. And recognize that there's echoes all along the pathway behind you. Starting right from the heart space, inhale in and light it up as bright as you can like a plasma torch and begin exhaling through this entire pathway and dissolve this net in the field of people behind you. Watch the light turn on. Feel yourself lifting. Feel the entire crowd lifting with you. Now recognize that you're at the point of a triangle. It gets wider and wider as it goes back further and further. Now recognize that everybody else is too. Start feeling these triangles culminating in all the brotherhood of mankind. All of humanity standing inside of this one gene pool. Feel it cleansing, opening. Last three breaths, turning this light up as high as it'll go. Feeling this laughter energy exploding outwards, echoing through the crowd, exhaling and releasing heaviness into the gravity. Inhaling even brighter, turning it up just a little bit more. Exhale and release. Last one, strongest yet. Deep breath in. Let it go. Gently take the hands, putting them together, rubbing them back and forth. Faster and harder, creating heat. Put the palms of the hands on the eyes and inhale, feeling the heat pulling through the eye sockets right into the brain. Exhale, rub the face a few times, blink the eyes, wiggle the fingers and toes and come on back. That was How awesome. How you doing there? That was awesome. Thank you. You're very welcome. How do you feel? I feel good. I, I was actually able to tune into some of like my father doesn't have really good hearing in his right ear because he had a mastoid when he was really young. Mm -hmm. And um, my whole right ear started to lose its hearing and feel really dense when we start, when you like said, oh, your father's standing to your right, your mother's standing to your left. Mm. But it started to, it's it started to release though throughout the meditation. You see how really easy it is to start tuning into these? Mm -hmm. It's like and automatically you had a physical sensation pop up exactly where he where he's got an issue. Yeah, for, this is for Nicole. Yeah, Nicole's really good at those things. How did you do? How did that feel for you? 
Uh, it was relaxing. I yawned a lot. I so yawning I... is actually a vagus nerve response, meaning that you're actually releasing tension and trauma from the subconscious as you're yawning through those. So that's actually a good thing. Yeah, I just nonstop would yawn, but I didn't. I didn't feel anything in my body. You know, I tried to, you know, picture or feel my my parents, and I would, you know, I'm able to, you know, see in my mind. You know, I. I, I didn't feel anything other than other than yawning, but it was it was relaxing. Well, that's perfectly okay, and that's the thing when you can't feel these energies. Uh, just because you can't feel them doesn't mean that they're not happening. It's just that your awareness isn't expanded enough to the point to feel them, and there's nothing wrong with that. It just means that you're not looking in the right place. So you know, it's it's all about recognizing that the intention to do this is hands down the most important thing because that's the language of light right there. And how do you feel right now? This, this, I, the same. I feel the same as I did. I felt sort of like a pain in my right kidney. I don't know why, but um, I thought that was interesting. There's like, definitely a decent I, I amount did. of blockage that you've got going in your lower back. There. Did you want me to mess around with that? Move it around a bit. <laughs> Hell to the yes. <laughs> ah, thanks for noticing, Eric. <laughs> Uh, here, let me let me open up these kidney meridians first. So these start right underneath the collarbones, and they go down through the body, and then out through the inside of the uh, the foot, and down through the instep, and out the bottom of the foot. So what I want you to do is feel right in the middle of the ball of your foot, right underneath that that point right there. And what I want you to do is feel the earth magnetically connecting into that point. And just start feeling the gravity pulling down, almost like you're opening up a tube that starts right un right underneath your collarbones and flushes down and through the kidneys and right into the earth. And I'm going to go up above here and start cleaning this out from the top side. The gallbladder's getting in on that too. We'll get that here in a second. Though. I wish I could see what you see. So it's not really sight. It's more like feeling so intensely that all I have to do is put color on it. And then I, it's kind of like I've got a 360-degree overlay and I can see it. So um, it, it's all about creating such a strong field of awareness that it's like a ball of water, that anything that goes inside of it, you can't see, feel, smell, or taste, or touch it, but the water displacement shows you exactly how big it is. Once you know how to tune into that laughter, that smile energy, you use that to detect what kind of emotions in there. And then you just kind of feel what the intention is, and it'll show itself to you. I love smile energy. That's awesome. It really is. It feels so good. Like that fluttering tenderness, it, it's really, really helped me unwind those, uh, you know, the, the whole masculine macho man programs. Uh, you know, the whole suck it up, you know, be a man, man up, all those things that really turned off such a, a sensitive little boy into, you know, cauterizing all this pain underneath. That smile energy is one of the strongest, powerfulest ways I have come into contact with really opening up that inner child energy again. There we go. Now that's starting to move. How are you feeling there? Go ahead and move that around. I, I'm not feeling much. I mean, as far as different, but I'm trusting you. Well, there should be a very definite change once we've got the energy to move and unlock and release. So that means we're not getting the right spot. Let's go ahead and open up the urinary bladder meridian real quick here. 
Starts on the inside corner of the eye and goes all the way up over the top of the head. Down alongside the spine. All the way to the tailbone and down the side of the leg, down through the calf, and right down into the pinky toes. There's definitely something stuck here inside the abdomen. Let me grab a hold of this. There we go. How's that feeling? I feel relaxed. Now go I mean, ahead and move the hips around. Is that lower back, is it decreasing in pressure, tension, pain at all? Um, not really. I've had terrible pain for like the past four days, and I'm feeling like better today. <laughs> so... so what I'm looking at right here, uh, specifically in the intestines, is almost like there was a bomb that went off here, and it blew out the entire neural networking and the, uh, the, the vertebrae where the nerves connect in through the spinal column. It's like it was a fuse box that exploded right there. Um, are you allergic to any types of food at all? No. I, I mean, I've been going through. <laughs> Actually, I got worms. So. Ah. Okay. I had rope worms or yeah, rope worms. And, um, so I've gotten rid of those, but I mean, oh, okay. That, that actually makes a lot of sense. Let's tune into that parasite type of a frequency there and let's see if I can see damage that was done on that level. Yeah. That whole small intestine feels completely shut down and it's like there's holes of inactivity in the large intestine because of it. All right. So what I want you to do is pretend that you've got a smiling mouth on each one of your teeth. A very odd concept, I know, but it should be fun. And I want you to begin inhaling through the teeth here, right down through the musculature of the esophagus into the stomach, and almost like you're filling it with golden laughing liquid right in the stomach. And then on the exhale, push it right through that duodenal sphincter into the small intestine, and like you're making a big, gigantic bowel movement. Flush it through the entire intestinal flow and right out through the body into the earth. I'm going to start opening up the small and the large intestine meridians, which, funnily enough, these deal with grief and joy. So if you're having issues tapping into joy and you've been feeling a lot of uh, low-down depression-type energy, that's definitely what's going on here. There it is. It's like you're starting to get lubrication through it now. Keep going. Hey, moving through me. Mm-hmm. Filling the stomach with brilliant golden chi, full of laughter, exhaling and flushing it all the way through the intestines, right out the body. Keep going. I'm starting to be aware of the lower back muscles, and that whole ESG is so incredibly tight. I'm actually really surprised I can even feel it. There's hardly any blood flow going through here. I'm going to stretch that open. There we go. We're starting to get movement through the discs. How's that feeling there? It feels good. I actually have like a, almost like a little heat sensation on my lower back. Good. Um, 
There's definitely a lot more that we could do for that, but um, uh, we'll talk after the show. Okay. And, uh, I'll give you some <laughs> tips and techniques and stuff like that. There's definitely more that can be done, but uh, the bottom line is you need to get the front of the body to relax. Your psoas muscles in the bottom of the abdomen right now are really, really tight. So like an upward-facing dog or a cobra stretch, uh, that right there is going to be really helpful for releasing the hips because the uh, psoas muscles, they're the front of the spine. And if you're like riding your bicycle, you'll feel them get really tight when you're lifting your leg. It's responsible for that motion. But the yeah. problem is that they're so tight right now that they're trying to pull you into that bent over position and all the muscles on the backside are fighting like crazy to pull the vertebrae back into alignment. And that's why you're feeling it back there, but it's the front side that's stretching everything forward. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. My psoas gets so tight. I'm, I mean, there's. I feel like I have a rod in there. I lay in yeah. the back, a hot tub and just try to like release them. <laughs> so I'll definitely actually walk you through a muscle release technique with the energy uh, after we're done here because that it, it's really easy to release the musculature once you can feel it and once you know what you're looking for. But more importantly, once you know what relaxation feels like and you can tell it to relax. And you know, it's all about not being inside of the words and inside of the story, but going directly into the awareness where it's at and then rewriting it, telling it what you want, and creating that resonance so strong that everything that is not of what you want has to get out. That's awesome. Thank you. I think I think so. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're very welcome. That's awesome. Well, I'm just so glad Lisa's got some relief. <laughs> yeah, that is really, really tight. Like, your lower back muscles, I've never seen muscles that tight before. I've never been able to tune in. It feels like guitar strings. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I have been barely moving for like three days. So, Yeah, it feels like the psoas muscles where they connect at the top of the solar plexus level and then at the top of the thighs. It's like trying to smash together, but your spine's in the way. Yeah, it's crazy. I've been, I mean, honestly, this has been going on for almost two years, me mm -hmm. dealing with this. So I'm, I'm really not sure the origin of it all. Um, I've got a, a yoga flow that I put together. I'll send that to you guys as well, and uh, that way you can try that out on your own. But it's a um, a mixture of Qigong and Kundalini yoga, and it's a flow that I've actually created myself for getting all the front side of the body to start releasing and to uh, let go. So I'll send that to you guys as well. Awesome. Thanks, Eric. You're welcome. So, you know, when we okay when we were trying to record last time, you were talking about some really cool stuff. And I know that one of the things that's come into you, yours and Sierra's awareness is this dynamic around relationships. Do you want to talk about mm. that? Yes. So this one right here is really, really starting to come to the forefront that I feel the collective needs to be aware that this is even a thing. Um, when we start on our own personal awakening process, Oftentimes we fall out of the relationships that we're in, whether they're platonic or romantic, and we oftentimes end up, you know, kind of finding a space where we learn who we are for a year and a half, two years, and then we start moving forward, and um, we end up finding a space that is very comfortable, it's very healthy, and we can start really building who we want to be. But then when we start actually getting into relationships with people, all of a sudden we've got all these issues that we've swore up and down one side the other that we've already taken care of, and yet here they are popping up again. And this is because there is something that is energetically called the relationship body. 
It is the way that your energy bodies interact with each other and you can create idiosyncrasies, you can create energies, you can create you know, all kinds of different stops in the flow, increases in the flow, and it's all about in the way that you interact with each other. And so one of the, the craziest things that we've started to recognize is that it's all about starting with the individual and then stretching out into a bigger uh, understanding. So just like the way the flower of life is born, we start with that individual circular consciousness and then all of a sudden, you know, you reach out as far as you can and then you create another circle and then you reach out as far as you can, you create another one. And it's like consciousness exploring itself until it starts to create these beautiful mosaic patterns. And the same thing is going on here. What's happening is the individual, that individual circle is then linking with another circle and recognizing that there's way more energy flow that can be uncovered inside of this. And that brings up a whole bunch of stuff right to the surface. And so when you fall out of that honeymoon effect, when you fall out of that state where you're in that infatuation, love, chemical attraction, uh, that's when you can really start recognizing that those things that kind of bugged you before are just irritating now to the point to where you're getting pissed off and angry. You know, all these things that are starting to pop up, these are the imbalance that we haven't been able to clear out because we have been stuck in the individual level and we are a multidimensional infinite being. And so what happens when you start getting into the relationship is all these things come up to the surface and you have to start working together as individual pieces of the whole and cleaning this out as they come up and choosing to work together, going towards each other every day in love instead of you know infatuation, instead of lust. And what ends up happening is this explosion of awareness and understanding that goes way, way beyond just what you could do with yourself because suddenly you're not just working on yourself. You're having to deal with somebody who actively triggers you in the moment and you have to figure out even why you're triggered to begin with, not even to mention, you know, rewriting the trigger. And all of this starts to really create a mosaic of an up and down type of a, you know, dark night of the soul, but collectively in this relationship. And as it's bobbing up and down these waters, this relationship is subject to the energies that you are uh, putting into it. And this is where we end up having um, a lot of disconnection. This is where we end up having a lot of um, looking outside of the relationship for fulfillment in different levels, whether that's mentally, emotionally, or sexually, uh, or even energetically. It's all about recognizing that when you start finding these deficiencies and these idiosyncrasies that start creating behaviors and things that you do not enjoy the way that they feel, it's time to work on a completely different level. It's time to start activating the relationship body. And when you find out how to activate the relationship body, you do it the same exact way you figure out how to energetically activate your, your physical body, your energy body. You find the places where that trauma is. You find the places where those stuck points are. And you go in, you clean them out. You bring the light to them. You don't ignore them. And you look that darkness right in the face and you say, hey, I'm really sorry for leaving you here to rot for this long let me show you how I want you to feel. And you give it a hug and you let it know that it's not its fault because you created it. And then you let it go. You release it and all of a sudden that attraction, that love energy, it springs up to that next level of activation. And this, this union, whether it's male, 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 female, 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 it really does not matter because we all embody aspects of feminine and masculine inside of us. And what ends up happening is we feel these next levels of resonance and we can reach into them. And this allows us to then step into the collective consciousness in a way that 
uh, isn't really seen, isn't really known. And this is where you start seeing people like power couples who can take their manifestation abilities and together work towards something so much more amazing and beautiful than they could have done by themselves. And it goes to the next level after that because inside of the relationship, you learn all of the tools and the tricks and the techniques that you need to actually work with every type of relationship, not just romantic, but platonic as well, sociological, environmental. And it's really a mystery school in the highest order. Um, and it's not easy. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, it's not easy. Um, days when you have to choose each other to move to forward in love, even though you don't really like each other very much at the moment, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's training just like having kids is. You know, If you aren't a patient person, have some kids you will be in five years you know like and it's not <laughs> or you'll kill them it, well you know it, it's it's either one of the two but most people figure out how to be patient uh but it's all about recognizing that you either have to figure this out or you're gonna go batshit crazy you know so it, it's all about being strong because you have no other choice and it's all about being compassionate because you have no other choice and it's all about being connected because you have no other choice because anything outside of that um, you know, like if you are weathering the storm, if you're holding up the weight of the world on your shoulders, if you collapse underneath that, everything's going to crash down on top of you. You know, so it's all about recognizing how to transmute the energy in the moment as it sits instead of having the weight of the world on top of you transmuted into something that you actually enjoy feeling and release the story behind it. And then it all drops away. Suddenly you have a much clearer connection to what is energetically moral what is energetically right and you can embody it and you can go much much higher because of it yeah i it's 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 interesting because um being for someone who has not been in a relationship for a while um you know working on myself and doing all this stuff it's all great and you know you make all these like leaps and bounds and 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 you know you believe you're becoming a better person and then you get into a relationship and you realize like what you said all of a sudden there's all these little triggers that you didn't realize were still there and it's so funny how relationship can do that it's it's like the it's like the most microscopic magnifying type glass um of showing you uh where there's still work to be done mm-hmm and the whole reason I even realized this was a thing, it was because of Sierra. She, we were recognizing there was definite instability inside of our relationship, and we really did not like each other at that point in time. And we had to sit down and, you know, well, let's clean this out energetically. Let's figure this out. And so we both started cleaning each other out, cleaning ourselves out, and we went on this process of trying to figure it out for a while, but we couldn't find anything. Turns out it's because we were looking in the wrong place. The relationship body is a body and you can have something attached to it. And that was the biggest aha moment in the world right there for me because then I recognized like, holy crap, I don't have anything attached to me. I have something attached to the body that I am creating energetically with this woman. That's not okay. That's got to go. And as soon as we started cleaning that out, it showed us directly what it was hooked into. Because that's the thing. These entities, these implants, they aren't the cause. They're the symptom. They're like moths drawn to the flame. They need food. And if you have that, quote, food resonance inside of you, they go and try to eat it. You know, And it's like, thank you so much for showing us where we needed to clean out. And we went and did it. And it's uh, brought us 
way, way closer together. And more importantly, it's given us a process and an understanding of how when these things pop up, you know, I still love that woman, even if I don't like her very much, you know. And so we can sit inside of our feelings and we can clean them out. And we can come back together in a rational state state of responding instead of reacting. And that right there, you know, it takes your understanding of how to interact on the entire human level to the next step. And you can't truly recognize how to peace for peace until you're inside of just absolute warfare inside yourself and recognize you can't fight it and you start peacing for it. That's so interesting and so helpful to know because basically you could have two people who are, you know, quite self-evolved, self-aware, have done a lot of work, but then come together and within the creation of the relationship have something that's not um, in alignment and not know that it's not the individual, so to speak, but within, like you said, the relationship body. I think that's like yeah. a huge eye opener. Oh, Definitely. Um, it, there's a lot of these things that I experience firsthand as if it's happening to me. And as I'm trying to decode it and recognize what's happening, I'm realizing it's all about things coming from the outside that we are embodying in the moment. And it's by detecting what we don't enjoy inside of the body, we start to get the doorway to see where it came from, what caused it, why it's happening. And once we understand the cause, all you have to do is eliminate the cause. Go in and transmute that darkness into what you truly want to feel. And all of a sudden, all the symptoms collapse along the way. It's, you know, traditional Chinese medicine. Stop trying to attack the, bac the bacteria in the lungs and figure out why the lungs are, you know, failing in their immune response. Fix that and all of a sudden the lungs are good. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's just so helpful because, you know, for people who are in relationship and whether whatever kind of relationship it is, you know, um, if both parties are feeling like, well, I know I'm doing my part. I know I'm doing my whatever it is to clean up your side and then not realize that there's this whole other, you know, entity relationship body that needs to be addressed. So many relationships could have succeeded had that been in the awareness and the problem is most people who are consciously aware on these levels aren't with people who are consciously aware, aware either. And uh, one of the major reasons why that is is because all the, the clashing energies that you're aware of and it becomes overwhelming. And, you know, this is, this is that trial by fire right here. If you can make it through that level of triggering when energies are very, very obvious to you, uh, there's nothing that can displace you. You become a rock inside of, you know, all the maelstrom outside and it can't move you. You can take your light into any amount of darkness and it has to go. Yeah, it, that, I just, I love that. That's so helpful to know. Uh, and I think it's so helpful for anyone who's listening to the podcast to have that into their awareness if they didn't already. Um, because it's just so sad, I think, sometimes to see you know, you see two good people who you know love one another, um, and but for whatever reason, the relationship isn't working, to know that the healing hasn't actually happened on the relationship level. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me, it makes me think, like, I can go into, like, so many of my different relationships right now, you know, whether it's friends, family, um, whatever way it is, and just see how that has been completely avoided. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the thing. As soon as you become aware of this, um, it, it takes two. It definitely takes two. Um, and even in relationships where, you know, you've got a whole group of friends, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not just two people, it's the whole group, but it's all comes down to the connection. It all comes down to taking your awareness into that energy and seeing where it gets hung up and then directly going. And even if they're not a conscious aware person, verbally telling them how much you appreciate them and going into these stuck places between you and discussing them, bring them out into the light. And then once it's over and done with, everybody just feels better. Everybody feels so much happier inside. And it's the same exact process that we go through internally, individually, but it's outside, not inside. Mm -hmm. Wow, I love that. So how would you go about this? I mean, is, is it on just an energetic level? Like um, the two of you yeah. are not getting along, whatever. Uh, yes and no. Like, so it wasn't that we weren't just getting along. It was that uh, the energy just, it was getting stuck, you know, and as two energetically aware people, we could feel it getting heavy around us at the same time, but we couldn't figure it out because our bodies were open and clean. But, you know, it was like it was a, a, a weight that was squeezing down around on the outside. And so what we ended up doing, and if you, even if you're not energetically aware, you can go into the feeling of what irritates me about this person? What do I have against this person? Where do I feel guilty towards this person? Where do I feel angry towards this person? And just simply going into those spaces right there and then asking, well, why? Why do I feel like this? Is it because of something that they did? Is it something that they you know, didn't unknowingly, they reminded me of somebody else. Is it an energy that they are unconsciously embodying from their past history? What, what's going on here? And when you start to really look in on that level, you can bring it out into the light because it's not just some unknown craziness that's causing us to act out in these weird ways now. It's now, oh, okay, well, huh. Okay, so this, this behavior now is a choice. I recognize when I see that behavior inside of her that triggers me, I recognize the trigger. And so now I have to consciously allow myself to get triggered and stay inside of it because I know it's there now. And that awareness brings a set of responsibility, I guess you could say, that um, it really kind of makes it so that you're aware of the triggering before it even happens. And you can either, one of two choices, you can give into the program and you can start, you know, rah, 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 doing the thing as well, or you can reverse it and you can back out and start cleaning the energy out inside the moment right then and there. And the, it, it's really simple to do because especially in the relationship, we have triggers that the other person knows how to touch and we know how to touch their triggers too. And so it's really easy to start recognizing how to clean it out because all you have to do is just trigger yourself and in that moment say, hey, I don't like the way that this feels. The story about what you did and blah, blah, blah around that that makes it justified for me to feel like crap inside of me, that's not okay for me to keep telling to myself because you know what? I feel like crap when this happens and I don't like feeling like crap. So what I'm going to do is go right into that emotion and clean it out on that level and then let's talk about it. Let's figure this out from a rational perspective when I don't have a bias because I've got this nasty emotion inside of me. <laughs> Why did you giggle, I, Lisa? I, I just like that, the nasty raw emotion. <laughs> you know, that's what it is. It's, it's, it doesn't feel good. It, it makes no, you want to just you know, that, that monster that just, you know, snaps people's heads off and, you, you aren't that person. I'm not that person. I like being happy. I like being 
comfortable inside my own skin. I don't like feeling balls of anger inside of me that are burning and rotting. You know, it feels disgusting. It is not pleasant and I don't enjoy it. So I don't do it. I agree. Completely. Wow. That's really helpful information. Thanks for, for sharing that with everyone, Eric. You know, this information's got to get out. It's really easy once you tap into the body language. You can decode all of these. But the problem is people just don't look for it. But as soon as you hear it, it's like, oh, my goodness, that makes so much sense. Okay, all right. And then that leads you to the next level because all of a sudden you're paying attention to the sensation instead of the story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's so key because that's where everything's kind of created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole reason that the, the darkness is even here. It's to keep that dark resonance going. Yeah, I've been definitely learning how to pay attention to those details of things, like how I feel, not so much of what's going on, but how how it makes you feel. Yeah. Yeah. And the story keeps us involved in the moment right then and there, even if that moment happened 10 years ago. And when we step outside of the story and we go right into the feeling – you know, that 10-year-old wound that you've been carrying feels really awful, you know. So it, it's one of those things when you step back from the story, you kind of detach from the need to hold on to that resonance. And you recognize it for what it is. It's, it's rotten. It doesn't belong there. And it doesn't feel good. And from that perspective, it's like, okay, I don't even care about the story. You know, there might have been some really awful things that happened to me in the past. There might have been some really awful things that I did in the past. None of that matters because right here is the only thing that is real. And right here, right now, I don't like this. So have you seen then with other relationships, like other people, um, perhaps through healing, if you're working, I don't know if you've ever worked with couples or maybe worked with someone who was going through this, but have you ever seen where you've seen like a some sort of parasitic entity or implant within that relationship body that was mm-hmm. put there just to cause dysfunction within the relationship? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, pretty common, actually. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard of the alien love bite syndrome. Yeah. Uh, you have people who are attracted to each other because they have the perfect set of triggers that play off of each other's resonance. And they get sparked into this whirlwind, amazing attraction that, you know, two months down the road, that honeymoon effect starts wearing off, and all of a sudden these people are trying to kill each other. I've never and- heard of that. <laughs> what's it um, called so again alien love bite eve lorgan is the lady who writes about this and uh i believe her website is eve um if not just you know a google search for alien love bite it'll come up with some of that information she's got quite a few articles out very interesting stuff <laughs> yeah very interesting but yeah i see this fairly often but you'd be surprised how more common this is in the family dynamic um, the relationships, uh, oftentimes you have things that are attached into it, but it's only when people start really coming together despite all the stuff outside and they feel that love and that attraction and they keep choosing each other. That's what that resonance starts to create inside of that resonance right there. And that's when you'll have something cr- try to come shut that down because that pure love union, that divine feminine melding inside of each individual as they bring those energies together is something that is so powerful in creation that it undoes the whole entire dark system. And so they really want to keep this from even happening. But 
you know, the problem is like th this is so very rare when it happens. And when we hear about these relationships and these romances, they're stuff of legend. You know, it's it's uh, it's a very powerful thing that it shockwaves throughout history. Yeah. I, you know, I'm just I'm like, yeah, I can see how there might be some of that in my family right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, um, my my favorite was actually this mother and daughter. The uh, the daughter she had a really rough upbringing with uh, her physical symptoms. She had a lot of birth trauma, and uh, the mother had a lot of birth trauma because of it as well. You know, it was just a really horrible labor that stretched on for like seventy two hours before the emergency C section. And this poor kid ended up having scoliosis, severe scoliosis, because of all of this. And her mom. Uh, she was the one who made the decision that she wanted to have a natural birth. And so she wouldn't give up on this. And so she has all this guilt around that before she finally gave in and allowed the C-section to happen. And so she's got all this guilt, all this worry, and all this anxiety around her daughter's condition because she's she, it's really rough. It's not an easy thing for her daughter to have to live through. She's always in chronic pain, and she's just a nine-year-old child. And what ended up coming out of this session when I was working with them is that there was an entity that was just whipping this woman like crazy to just worry and fear so much for her daughter that it was actually causing an energetic heaviness inside of her daughter's condition that was making it worse. And when we got that to clean out and I was able to show them how to tap into the connections of energy between the two and then they cleared out all that worry and that fear energy because she's worried and scared for her daughter because she loves her so much. And then when we dropped that worry and that fear from that story and we went directly to how she feels about her daughter and how her daughter felt about her, this little girl's spine started to straighten out. It's still, it's, it's bent, but it is not to the degree that it was. She had uh, almost a 90 degree sideways bend in her spine and it's roughly at about a 70 degree angle right now from the relaxation that she had inside of the musculature. It's still not better. I don't know how to make it uh, get to that point without like physical palpation or anything like that if it ever can be fully brought back in. Uh, but I know for a fact that once we figure out how to start manipulating the body into light, we can fix stuff like this no problem. But it was all because of these uh, these tensions that they had in that dynamic right there. And I'll tell you what, the, the look of pure love as these two people inhaled through that connection, their, their love that they had for each other, and they bathed each other in it, that eye contact that that woman had with her daughter, I'll never forget it. It was one of the most powerful experiences I've had doing this type of work. Oh, wow. I can feel it in my heart right now. It's really amazing stuff that we can start tapping into through these genetic connections. It's not just damage that we pass down. It's, it's magic. It's talent. But I don't think people realize the energy that they send to other people. Like when you hear that somebody's sick or something's wrong, that we send worry energy or you know, uh -huh. we send fear instead of sending love and healing energy. So we don't realize what we're doing. And that's a huge thing. Most people don't realize that they're actually very, very proficient black magic practitioners. When you are thinking about somebody, if there is an entity that's attached into you, they can see that person's energetic field right next to you, even if they're on the other side of the world. And when they, like I actually laid this out in the, uh, the Etheric Entity Superhighway article that's on my website, um, but when these entities see 
these dark connections. Say, for instance, that you've got bad blood with somebody, and every time you think about that person, you just, you know, you get so enraged, you just want to go punch them in the face or go slash their tires or whatever that might be. When you feel that, you're creating a very solid, heavy, dark energy field that you're connecting in with that person and you're shoving that at them. This creates a dark resonance field that is strong enough and heavy enough for the entity to now go through it. And that entity can now infect that person. And so that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, it's awesome once you recognize the situation and you can clean it out. But until then, you know, this is why the world is the way that it is. All these black magics that we're throwing at each other, that we're just punching each other with, you know, and it's not physical, but it's physical at the same time because that hatred that you feel inside of yourself, it's damaging you just as much as it's damaging the person that you're directing it at. Mm -hmm. And this is literally black magic. Brian. That's why we tell Brian not to send cancer to his ex yes but, i know but, 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 it, but it's like <laughs> listening to you say this is like man i'm on to something i'm gonna send more here's the part about it affecting you yeah, that's the thing it's when you affect people on that level you have to embody that resonance and then make it strong enough to then go out and so if we're looking like at um my favorite is like stinky cheese stinky cheese it's got like an aura around it you know it's the cheese itself that stinks but that aura, you can smell it from 15, 20 feet away. But that smell is nowhere near as potent as that cheese where it's directed from. So you have to become the cheese in order for her to feel your stink. That is such a great analogy. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. And you know, it doesn't make it worth it. Like, you know, that, that law of infinite return, like it's... It's not times three. It's I, it's times however much you put into it. And if you really, really push into it, you're going to get something back that's just not fun. I'm going to call that the stinky cheese effect. And I think that needs to go into the title. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have someone in your that you know is hateful towards you and they're, they're becoming the stinky cheese and throwing it at you, um, how do you... What's the best method to, to, I guess I'll use the word protect, but, you know, to protect so, yourself from that? So protection, it starts to evoke the, the feeling like you're being attacked because you are. And the problem with being attacked is it makes us want to self-defend and attack right back. And the thing is that we have the right to attack back because we've been attacked. But here's the thing. We're just creating that same war resonance. And so when we can recognize that that person's directing that at me and we go into our bodies and we feel where that response is, that anger directed at me, where do I feel that anger resonating inside of me? That point right there is where they're punching into you. And it's pretty much like an IV. They've got a needle in them into that stinky cheese and they're pushing the stink into you through your needle. And you can start inhaling love, laughter, and light into that place and you can start pushing it and transmuting that whole IV tube with that nasty resonance inside of it all the way back to them until you feel that stinkiness start to pop into light. Because you've been attacked, you have the right to self-defense. But if we respond in a five-dimensional understanding and we don't respond in a 3D warlike mentality, we're bypassing all of this. We're not creating the reaction that feeds the war. We're pulling the rug out from underneath it. And that right there, it's more for you than anything because it's all about that anger directed at you that it creates 
dysfunction inside of you. And so it's not about them. It's not your fault that they're directing that at you. It's their fault that they're so hurt inside that they feel it's okay to direct that at you. And so you need to step away from that and offer them nothing but love because people who are wounded are the only ones who attack. You know, you don't find happy, healthy people attacking people to make them sad, to make them angry. And when we step back and recognize, you know, hurt people hurt people, we can really, really clean out the energetic perspective from a way that uh, it, it transcends so much. And it, it might not even change the fact that they're still directing that energy at you. But when you feel it and you clean it out, it's all about helping you out. And that person's going to rot off on their own in the distance until they can't do it anymore. And, you know, you can always be there for, you know, like, hey, I'm sorry that you feel this way. I would really like to not have this sensation inside of you anymore and I really want to come to terms with this and you know find some closure but if they don't want to do that that's on them you only have responsibility for you because what's you what's yours is yours and what's theirs is theirs and when we take responsibility for our sovereign actions in our sovereign states that's where we really can start stepping into uh, a stronger understanding and when we go into that relationship perspective because you have a relationship with these people what you're doing is you're cleansing and cleaning out the relationship body by making sure there's nothing but laughter and light in between both of you guys and so even if they do try to direct it at you it's going to take an extreme amount of them to feel inside of them for that stink to get to you does that make sense totally yeah that makes sense totally yeah again the relationship body mm-hmm. i love there's- it Thanks, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Eric, that was such great information. Thanks for sharing all of that with us. Yeah, definitely. You You leave us all speechless. I've got plenty of it. Like, all you have to do is ask a question. I just tune into the universal body of information and start talking. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm about to say before I do it. So. You know, it's what's fun. No, it's so great. It's I, I love it. I love it when I learn something new. Um and, and, and something that's like applicable, like easily applicable. Like I can apply it like right now. I love yeah. that. See, that's what I always try to do is um you know, if we're yelling about these implants and these entities and we're not creating solutions for these awarenesses, all we're doing is creating fear porn. And uh, in the very beginning, I knew right away that I can't just start talking about all these crazy things because, I mean, that would be one of the darkest things to come into contact with, to hear about all of this and not recognize there's something that you can do to take your power back and really clean yourself out. And I always try to get all the information that I put out there with a practical tool, a tip, something that you can apply right directly to your reality around you to put it into application because I'm tired of listening to people talk about experiences. I want to have my own. And so that's why I started creating all of this and created the system that starts giving people their own experiences that then they can talk about. Yeah. That was so great. Thanks so much. I, I, really great information. And uh, I hope, I know our audience is going to definitely gain a lot from all of this information that you shared with us. And for the audience members, I'll leave some links to some of the information that uh, Eric mentioned in the show notes for all of you so you can find it easily. And, and Eric, is there anything that you want to share with the audience? If there's anything you've got going on that they can get involved in or anything like that? Uh, yeah, definitely. I've actually got uh, a class on the solstice on the 21st where I'm walking people through the awarenesses in their body 
in order to actually feel their soul, to start moving their vital life force essence. And then I'm going to walk them through how to tap into the movement, the laughter, and the light, and then start showing people how to actually work on themselves and then each other. And it's going to be really, really fun. I'm really excited about it. Um, I've been doing these classes for a little bit now. This is probably the 11th or the 12th one that I'm going to put on. And it blows my mind how powerful people truly are. Uh, you guys, by the time you're done with these classes, are head and shoulders above where I started doing this. Um, I started with just yoga and concentrating in the body because I knew there was something more. And each level that I got to another resonance, it allowed me to unlock a different level of skill. And I put these all into body languages, pack, body language packages that not only can you understand, you can feel and apply right then and there. Anybody can do what I can do. I am not special. I'm not a guru. I'm just a guy who's very, very stubborn and very, very uh, dedicated. And I've practiced a lot. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> we can clearly, tell. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks so much. And we're looking forward to having you join us on the cruise in January. That's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm going to have to get some good pictures with you and Brian. <laughs> I can't wait for that. I am so excited about this cruise to get this conscious group of people out on the open ocean. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, a conscious group of people plus Brian. <laughs> a conscious group of people plus Brian and then Brian by the time we get back. We're spending a week together, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> What's Brian going to be like after the cruise? Hungover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I'll bring a bottle of wine on. We'll, we'll, we'll get a drink or two going. Yeah. I'm thinking, isn't the alcohol free? I'm hoping it's free. Uh, yeah, well, uh, if you got like the drink, drink package. package. Yeah. Hell yeah, I got the drink package. Who do you think <laughs> I am? Well, there you go. It's free because you already paid for it. There you go. <laughs> oh well thanks again eric for coming on the show and um to all of our audience members if uh, you have any questions that you'd like to ask us to share on the show you know where to send that into our email info at enlightenup.us and of course if you have guests that you'd like us to bring on and uh share their info with the entire audience and we'd love to do that send that into our email as well and thanks again, Eric and Lisa and Brian. I love my family here on Enlighten Up. And we will be back with everyone again next week. Bye. 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 Bye.